It's me, Eve Sturgis. This is the podcast, Everything's Relative. This project is about me finding people who want to talk about the ways that modern DNA testing has changed their lives for better or worse. Welcome to episode, whoa, episode. Welcome to episode 16, which is excitingly the final episode of season one. Uh, I did it. We did it. 32 weeks of talking about uh, all this stuff that I didn't know about or even think about even um, existing like a year ago. So, uh, and the amazing thing is that these 16 episodes was only the tip of the iceberg. There is so much to keep talking about. Um, I'm not going to be posting episodes through the holidays, but I'm still recording them. I still have people contacting me all the time. I still have lots of things I want to talk about, all sorts of angles I want to explore. Um, This phenomenon isn't stopping just because I need a little break. (laughs) So this episode, episode 16, um, is a little bit different because it's my time with Julie Dixon Jackson, host of another podcast that is about similar things. It's called Cutoff Genes. That's genes spelled G-E-N-E-S. And her podcast explores um, genealogy in a different way. She's a genealogist, but she brings it to her listeners in like layman's terms and she talks about stuff and she um, explores um, cultural things that are happening and in, in pop culture and um, just really great. And she also includes lots of people's stories just like me. So she's informing and educating and discussing um, and it brings in a new perspective and voice. It's, it's, and her own humor. Um, so it's really great. So if this is, my podcast or this topic has been interesting to you, please definitely check out Cutoff Jeans. Again, that's Cutoff Jeans, spelled um, G-E-N-E-S. And like the picture, the little logo is like of a pair of Cutoff Jean shorts with a little um, DNA helix on the on the leg. Uh, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. Um, but please go find it, subscribe, listen, um, get yourself more informed and become more aware of this whole phenomenon that's going on and sort of sweeping the world. Um, It feels like a really special and fun way to end my first season of podcasting. Uh, If you don't listen to the whole thing, you might miss it. But in our final minutes together, I say something that uh, I'm going to say more about after. And I think is a great way to end season one and launch us into season two. So I really hope that you hang around until the end. I'll see you on the other side um, in about an hour, (laughs) less than an hour. Here's my episode with Julie Dixon Jackson, uh, episode 16. This is Everything's Relative. I'm Eve Sturgis. Thank you so much for being along with me. And I'll talk to you in a little bit. Bye. Hi, everybody. Uh, So here's what we're going to do today. I have got Julie Dixon Jackson from the podcast Cut Off Jeans here with me. In fact, I'm with her. Actually, yes, you're here with me. I'm at her house um, here in Los Angeles. Very exciting that we're in the same town and we can do this face to face. We're having a kind of crossover episode. So uh, uh, she interviewed me on her podcast and now I am going to interview her and it will be on my podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, So go back. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear the the first half of this, go back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wonder if it will be... A little bit like choose your own adventure and you can listen to it in either order. Yeah, it but, probably doesn't matter, does it? Right. Oh, good point. Yeah. You're smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I, so we connected and said, let's do something together. And so I went on to 
to, I went on to her podcast and talked about what I just said. I'm going to repeat myself. Um, (laughs) Talked about my story and now she's here and I'm going to ask her about her story and she's going to tell me. Um, And I also have a couple questions about, uh, she calls herself a Gen Genie. So um, I have questions about that. But but why don't you just tell us, tell tell us the story of, of your own, um, uh, would you call it an NPE? Uh, I, I have both. Okay. I'm an adoptee with an NPE, uh, component. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm an adoptee as you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, uh, I grew up always knowing I was adopted. I grew up in Australia and, um, was just a thing and was very clear within my family that, I I was not of them and they were not of me, hmm. which which is fine. And it's good that I knew I was adopted because at least we all knew there was a reason for it. Um, but my parent, but because of that and because I asked a lot of questions, my parents always knew that I would search one day. Oh. They just knew that that was what I was going to do. And they okay. were just like, you know, tell us when you're going to do it. It's uh-huh. fine. And uh-huh. they supported me and it was hunky-dory. Um so when I was 21, um, I got access to my original adoption records. Um, in Australia, there was a thing, uh, there was a new law that allowed you to have whatever they had. And um, I'm taking my headphones off now because I feel like I'm in a, some kind of a box. Okay. Um, yeah. So I could get my records and... Uh, was able to see identifying information for both my parents or whatever had been written at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talked about the rest of their family. It talked about her hobbies, you know, vital statistics, stuff like that, and had addresses and phone numbers. Wow. Yeah. How did that feel? Uh, surreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, you know, when you're an adoptee, you're always like, what would happen? What would happen if I had her number in my hand? What would happen if I, you know? Yeah. So all of a sudden I had this. Of course, this was 1989. And, you know, there was no internet. Right. And at the time I was on a cruise ship uh, working. And okay. I was going to say, wait, you were on, a cruise, on a cruise when this information <laughs> when came the, to you. No. Okay. I was working on a cruise ship. I had to, we had a stop in, in, San Francisco, and I had to meet with a therapist, a marriage, a marriage and family therapist, uh-huh, or uh-huh. whatever, a family therapist, um, in order for me to be given the records. Oh, because she had to make sure that I was uh, stable enough to get this information. Uh-huh, I guess uh-huh. I don't know. Okay, yeah, they just didn't want you to be alone. Yeah, maybe there's that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, so had a little. Yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Give me my envelope. <laughs> so I had this stuff called the place that I'd originally got it from, which happened to be the exact building that I was adopted from. Um, I was, I was in a Methodist baby's home Mm -hmm. for the first two months of my life. And then Mm -hmm. it became the Copeland street family center later. And then there, they also started helping people reunite and all that stuff. That makes more sense to have it, have it called the family family center, but baby's home is sort of sweet. And, and old fashioned it's, or terrible it's, and a nightmare. I can't just, you know, it's both sides uh, of it. I have, it, it kind of gives me nightmares only that only because, well, 
Okay, in all of my research, and I've done a lot of research, mm-hmm. I've found um, memorabilia and stuff from that building. And there's, and I have it actually on one of my Facebook group pages. Um, there was a sign on the wall of the ward that said, please do not touch the babies. Oh. And that was for visitors, obviously. Right. But it made me so sad yeah. to see because... Who touched me? Right. You know? And I who knows how many babies were in there and how many nurses and and who responded to my needs or mm-hmm. did they? Mm-hmm. You know, and I I I truly believe that that first two months of my life has to do with a lot of my issues now. Sure. Yeah. 100% um, believe it. Yeah. Um and my parents said when they brought me home, I was just they they called me a blob because I would just lay there mm-hmm. and not expect anything right and not you so know what I mean because I was I was conditioned to say well there no are, point in making any noise right there's no need yeah. no needs yeah isn't that sad yeah yeah it bums me out so I found that and I also found another an advertisement from the 40s or the 30s that's and had a picture of like these three little blonde babies um and it said the Methodist baby's home Oh, what was it? Something like uh, helping slum babies since so and so. No, no, like no. It was saying it was saying that all the babies there were basically taken from the slums right. of Melbourne oh, and no. put into this place for rich people to to. Which wasn't Save my them. case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, the language of charity. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Um, so. I digress. So I had this information. I right. called the Methodist called Babies them. Home. I said, okay, I want I want to contact. And they said, well, you're not allowed to contact. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll do it for you. Oh. So I was like, all right. I was on the ship anyway. I had mm-hmm. to, I had to play, do my contract. So when I got home, there I had not heard from them, so I called them. And the woman who was working on my case was no longer there. And nobody had picked it up and I was like well you guys are useless to me it's almost like bureaucracy has been complicated and difficult forever forever Mm -hmm. yes exactly um so I decided that as is my way if I want something done right I have to do it myself (laughs) so I just decided to start looking for her myself so you had a name I had a name and I had the town that she was from. Mm-hmm. Um, the phone number was for my, I don't know if the, I don't know if I even tried that phone number or I can't remember actually offhand if there was a phone number, but there was a lot of identifying information, but I, uh, I knew her name and I knew the town that she lived in. So I called at that time, we had the international operator. Okay. So I called the international operator and I got the information operator for the town that she was from. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. her last name was price i can say it now and um and i said uh i can you give me as many listings for l price as you can in that Mm -hmm. town and she's like well i can only give you five at a time i'm like okay well give me the first five and then i'll call back and call back (laughs) exactly (laughs) so i just l as in the letter l or l as in price okay yes i didn't know if it was e-l-l-e oh fancy um so i started calling and as is my way, the second or third call, woman answers and said, is there a Lynette Price there? And mm-hmm. she said, well, no, Price is my husband's name. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, but I, I 
knew a Lynette Price. Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do you mean you knew a Lynette Price? She said, well, I went to school with a Lynette Price. And I said, well, where was that? And she said, the, you know, mm-hmm. whatever school that was probably where Lynn went to school. And um, I said, how old would she be now? And she said, oh, I'm about 45, 46. I said, okay. Do you remember her having a lot of siblings? She said, yeah, I think so. And just, I, I described like her the way that it was. Mm-hmm. And, she's, and she said, you know what? I am call- You're calling from so far away. Why don't I like make some calls around town, see if I can find anything about her? So she, so you also told her? No. No, you didn't tell her she why said, you were looking for yeah, her. Yeah, oh. I, I said she's a friend of my mother's. Oh, okay. Which is kind of true. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I didn't lie. She played a very important role in your mother's life. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, so she said, you, you know, call me back in 24 hours. I'll see if I can find anything out. This is Australians for you. <laughs> it's also, I feel like, yeah, I don't know if I, would Australians still do that? Because I feel like yes. they would. Because yes. I feel like that's such a, a old it just sounds like it must. It just has, has to have been years and years ago. That it we was would, that years we would and years that. ago, but I did it again recently with my search mm-hmm. for my father, and the same thing happened. People are just yeah. I mean, mostly some people would be like, I'm not comfortable telling you this mm-hmm. stuff, but more often than not, and I, I I do think I have a magical phone voice, but mm. but um, more often than not, people will talk to me. I have another question strange. about when you call Australia. Yeah, do you drop into an Australian accent when you call? No, but the longer I talk to them, the more I start. The more like lilting it begins. Okay. Yeah. 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 It becomes. Yeah. Yes. You should hear me. Last time I went to Australia, I came back with a full Australian Mm -hmm. accent. My kids are like, you're talking different. (laughs) Anyway. So, um, I was like, great. And so I didn't make any more calls. I said, okay, I'm already, I was overwhelmed that I was doing this and I was like, I need a break anyway. (laughs) So give myself a 24 hour break. Call her back 24 hours later, not really expecting anything. And she says, Julie, I have her phone number for you. <laughs> I said, what do you What do you mean you have her phone? She said, well, my dad is one of the few cab drivers in town. Oh, my gosh. And he knows your grandfather, who still lives in the same house he used to live in. So he walked up to his house, knocked on his door, and asked for Lynn's phone number. Of course. And, and he gave it to him. And he gave it to him. <laughs> I said, you've got to be kidding. And she said, yeah, she's in Western Australia on the other side of the country. Um, but here's her number. Wow. Yeah. And you know what's sad? I don't remember that woman's name. Mm. I don't remember. You know what I mean? I was yeah, so overwhelmed yeah. at the time. I never thought to keep it and, and all that. Sure. So, you know, one day, maybe. No, it's never going to happen. Um, so now I have my mother's phone number in my hand. It's that moment mm-hmm, in your life. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I was about to call, and then I realized that it was a Saturday night in May, and it was in Australia. It was Mother's Day. Oh. And I thought that would be weird as hell for me Mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'll wait until tomorrow, and then I'll call on Monday, because she'll have family around her, and what if it's a big secret, and I don't want to, I'm like you in that I don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. Right. Right. So I went to bed. Toss and turn, toss and turn, toss and turn. Couldn't get to sleep. It's three in the morning. Screw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to do it. Republican okay. mandate. Yeah. So I called her. Long story short, she answered the phone. Very familiar voice. I said, is this Lynette? She said, yes, it is. And I said, did you have a baby on such and such a date? She said, yes, I did. And I said, well, I'm her. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she uh-huh. said, well, that's lovely. And we had this lovely conversation. And oh, it was my gosh. That. It was that. Well, that's lovely. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Did she... 
had the agency been in touch with her? Not so you, the agency. Okay. Uh, my grandfather had. Oh. Okay. So he had called her and said, I just gave your phone number to, to a cab driver. And apparently there's an American looking for you. And she said that she had no idea what it could be. But her husband, John, who she married three months after my birth, oh. um, said, uh, it's that daughter of yours. She's coming looking mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So they knew. Right. So it was all swell and... That's lovely. Yeah. It was just very easy and um, I was very... I was in my early 20s at the time and very easygoing and not very opinionated and and I think that's why it's a good time to reach uh-huh. out to people uh-huh. because you're more accepting huh. um, uh, of... <laughs> I want to say you're more accepting of differences, but that's not really how I am now either. I think I'm more accepting of people as a whole. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You're more uh, mm-hmm. more comfortable in different situations. Okay. Like nowadays, I would never imagine going and staying in a stranger's home right. overnight for well, for a week. So when I mm-hmm. six months later I flew out went, there okay. and met them and I stayed at their house for right. a week. Right. And then and it was all, you know, great. This is this is this is my life now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh it was terrific. Um I, I couldn't do that now. Right. I I think I'm just so I need my space and I think I wasn't aware that things needed to be processed back then. Right. That's what I was. I was. Yeah. I'm also. I'm like. I'm watching you, and I know what you're saying, and I'm trying to think. Does of, that make sense? I'm trying to think of the words as well yeah. to describe it, but it has something to do with taking things at at face value. Is or yeah. yeah. It was more like, huh? Look at that. Yeah. Okay. Whereas now I'm like. I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to retreat, and I've also become a lot more of an introvert. Since then, I've kind of, I've kind of, you know, become that or leaned into my, um, I'm an extroverted introvert. Right. Lean into your contemplative side. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, and I like solitude. Mm -hmm. I need it. So there you go. And I didn't seem to back then for some reason. So there you go. I didn't. I didn't. So that must, you know, there's something about being in your 20s. Yeah. Where you're just, well, you know, I was fine with, when I was on the cruise ship, I shared a tiny room with other people. Totally. And I could never do that now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are things that you, that are meant to be done when you're young because, so there you go. Hmm. All right. Boom. Oh, it's still recording. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I thought it had stopped. I was like, oh no, it stopped. Okay. Um, all right. End of that. It was great. Uh, you know, kept in contact with her. Did you, did she, was there a story? Oh, oh Was there a oh. story to your, to your yeah, birth or existence or was, conception or how old she was? Yes. Or? The story was, she was 21. Not oh, that young. Okay. Um, the story was that she had been dating this guy who was very good looking and, uh, but very into himself and. <laughs> they always are. Yes. Yes. And, uh, he, and she had had one experience with him mm-hmm. and got pregnant and he bailed. Okay. You know, the the mm-hmm. same old, same old. Mm-hmm. And I asked her a few questions about him, but she didn't, she was like, I don't, no, he's, he only cares about himself. I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. think you should look for him because he's, and at that time I didn't really want to huh? because yeah. okay. I was overwhelmed already with right. all the newness and I was like, eh, whatever. Started having kids 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And that was when I 
realized that, oh my God, I'm so connected to these children. Right. I have yeah. to know, you know, they need to be with me at all times. And I realized that there is a whole half of me I know nothing about huh. for me to pass on to them. Yeah. And I'm a completist. Yeah. Well, having children just, oh yeah, it just changes the way that you experience the world. Yes. In a, in a way that is um, like internal mm-hmm. and in your in your mind and and sort of existential yes and existential it, that's good not and of course it changes your world we all know that having children changes your world but i mean yeah. there are <laughs> there are like like uh cerebral changes that we yes. just don't see coming yeah yes so true um so yeah so i started thinking about it when i had my daughter and uh started asking my mother questions she was pretty vague um like sometimes names were slightly different. When you say asking your mother, my you, biological mother, your biological mother, yes, okay. yes, um, adoptive mother knew nothing. Okay, um, and I also when I'd been when I'd met them the first time, I'd been at my aunt's house, and she had taken me aside and given me a photograph, and she said, "These are all four of your grandparents." So, and I was like, "Oh." Well, thanks for that. And then years later, I found that again. And I'm like, did she say these are all four of my grandparents? So I called her and I said, what, what is, what's the story of this picture? And she said, well, Malcolm, who was my father and um, his mother was friends with our parents. Mm-hmm. And they used to dance together. They were like in dance contests and stuff. Okay. And... um. I've seen Strictly Ballroom. I know exactly what it was like. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if it was? I would love that. Um, but so they knew each other socially and they'd been to each other's houses. And so I'm like, well, then why doesn't Lynn, why can't Lynn tell me more about this family? Hmm. So, and then I would, then I would go to Lynn and I say, well, Val said this and this. And she goes, oh yeah, I guess that's right. So I couldn't tell whether she was being withholding or right. or just really didn't remember. Or didn't want to remember. Or didn't want to and remember. How, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, if you can't remember something, I don't know how how one can decipher whether they really don't remember for themselves. Like, the more yeah. the more I become familiar with denial through well, this wait, experience. Wait, yeah. wait till you'll... Okay. You're going to hear more about okay. that. I'll be quiet. All right. All right. I'm quiet. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I... Uh, so then, and then I went on and I had my son and then it became more of this thing that I really wanted to. And the more I was like held back, the more I wanted my answers. So, uh, and I kept questioning Lynn. I was like, are you sure this is the spelling of his name? Are you sure? La, 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 la. Um, and she said, I've told you all I know. I don't, you know, this is, and she told me his mother's name and, and she didn't know his father's name and this is where they lived. And she had like rented a room cause she ran a boarding house and yeah, all this crazy stuff. And, um, I could not find anybody of his name anywhere. And I looked in the electoral rolls, which is basically the census, except for it gives you less information, but at least okay. it gives you addresses of where people are and who mm-hmm. they're married to. Mm-hmm. And I could not find him anywhere. Um, however, I remembered hearing that, uh, that he may have gone out of state. Like somebody at the baby's home had said, yeah, we believe he's in Adelaide now, which is another, another city. And 
uh, South Australia does not release their electoral rolls. Oh. So maybe that was true. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that also I'm, I know my grandmother's name. I'm looking for anything on her. Can't find it for the life of me. In the meantime, I'm now on Ancestry. I found, um, and I'm writing random people with that name. No, that last name, which is a very common name. Oh, no. <laughs> Going, hey, do you think la la la? And this, and I hadn't even done DNA yet. Right. This is how desperate I was. So and every how, John Smith in yes, the world you yes. just were reaching out to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and why I would, not? Yeah, really? why not? We got to lose at this point. So then one day, I, I saw somebody's tree and she had a form of that name in her tree and she was Australian and anyone that was Australian that had the name in their tree I would contact sure and she and she had a pretty full tree so I thought well maybe she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. so I talked to her and not expecting anything and I told her my grandmother's name um and her approximate age and where she lived and blah blah blah, blah. well she knew things that I didn't know about searching aha uh-huh. and she came back with my grandparents marriage oh so all of a sudden I knew I had my grandparents marriage when both of their full names Mm -hmm. when they got married and where Mm -hmm. and I had a whole new thing to run on right so then I started doing the genealogy and I knew her maiden name that was the big that was the big thing. Now that I knew her maiden name, I could start that looking up that name. That gives you another road. And it was not okay. as common yeah. a name as, as the married name. So long story short, I start, uh, I start making phone calls again. <laughs> and this is six years ago? Five, six years ago? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just so recently. Yeah. Very recently. Okay. So, I was still stuck in like 1989. I know. No, this was bit. years later. I mean, yeah. I knew you said you'd had children and things, right. but I just... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm elderly now. <laughs> In the movie version, you had shoulder pads. Yes, and very big perm hair. Cruise ship. Yes, but now I have a pixie and yeah, um, and stretch marks. Mm -hmm. Um, so I and I started doing the the phone calling in. This family had two. There looked like a large version of that family in one part of the state and another version in another part of the state that were not connected, but there were a lot of them in either. You know. So uh, I started calling the numbers around where there were the most of them Mm -hmm. that had that name. And once again, second call in. Of course. I said, you know, the name was Brunt. And I said, are you you related to Arlene Brunt? Who, that was my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And That is such a grandmother name. I know. And she said, "Uh, well, Brunt is my husband's name. But yeah, I think it was his aunt. And I said, did she have a son named Malcolm? And she said, yeah, he did. She did. Yeah. I was like, what? Are... And I, I had to say, um, I just need for you to know what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I gave her the breakdown of like, you need to understand. This that, is a really big yes, deal. this is a big deal. Um, she was divine. And Aww. she told me this stuff. And she said, you know, you need to call my sister-in-law because she is the family genealogist. Oh. And she'll be able to tell you so much more. Genius. Yes call her she tells me as much as she can she remembers my father hasn't seen him in years no one has seen him in years but they told me a lot about mysterious him mysterious malcolm blah, blah. yes the mysterious malcolm and um we're talking back and forth and i i still can't find him um and then in one of the notes i got from one they said oh by the way these are his kids names oh and the daughter's 
both had unusual first names. So okay. I was like, huh, Facebook. Right. So I go to Facebook. Oh I type gosh. in the name of one. Go boom. Up it comes. There's her. There's her sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's the brother. And they're all there. And there's, oh, look, there's the aunt that my aunt was present at her birth mm-hmm. and helped name her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'd done it. Yeah. There I was. So I then started contacting. So I decided to go through the aunt first. What did you do in that moment? Did mm-hmm. you, what happened for you? Um, you kind of sit back and uh-huh. you take a breath and you say, this is, this is that moment again. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is it. And I, and you know what? I had more fear this time. Huh. Um, the last time I had the sense that everything was going to be okay. I didn't think she would reject me. But this time, and in fact, I, I was writing a blog and I remember writing. However, this time I knew it, it might hurt. Do you think that's, that came with age, time yeah. and age, that just, yeah. you just had a bigger understanding of, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, probably. Yeah. I, yeah, I had no concept that she might reject me back then, but with him, especially what I'd heard about him, I was definitely, right. you know, and although I was very prepared for rejection, I've always been prepared for rejection because you just, You're because, an and that's what I tell people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, go in expecting the worst, but hoping for the best right. and whatever happens, happens. So, uh, long story short, I finally get through to Kim, my aunt, and she's lovely. And then she says, I'm going to process this. I need to give me a few days. I'm going to, I'm going to contact him and then I'll let you know what's happening. It's a few days. I still haven't heard from her. I'm starting to get crazy anxious. So I reach out. I'm like, um, I know you've needed a few days, but I don't mean to pester. It's been this many years. Mm Mm-hmm. And she writes back and says, I've spoken to Malcolm. He is thrilled. And here's his phone number. Oh. Yeah. She just hadn't gotten around to writing you back. <laughs> um, maybe she had something. just. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Who knows? They, had, she, they had seen each other in that time because uh, apparently that was like a time for them to say, we should get together and talk about this or, mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just love the idea of her not being in any rush I to know. get you that information. <laughs> I know. Or maybe she had just gotten it. Right. I don't right. know. Totally. But I even know. if she had just, yeah. I anyway. Know. I know. So I'm, I, I'm writing um, the screenplay in my mind. Yes. Really. Let me have her. Let me have the character <laughs> I want. <laughs> so I, um, so I have this number and once again, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. Uh, here I go. Mm-hmm. And I, once again, I didn't say this, but when I called last time, I made sure there was nobody else around. Like my parents were already in bed and I don't ever want to do that that stuff in front of anybody and I didn't want to do this in front of my family mm-hmm. I just wanted mm-hmm. it to be my thing and my be control because uh, I didn't know how I was going to you understand <laughs> so um I called him it's vulnerable it's very vulnerable uh I called him uh he answers actually a lady answers and she says just a minute he's driving he's gonna pull over darling she called me darling and um, then he gets on the phone and he says, hello, young lady. And he has this jovial voice and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, and I immediately started smiling like, oh, my gosh, she's great. Yeah. yeah. And he's talking. And um, so I think the first 10 minutes, um, I didn't get a word in edgewise. 
He just went off and off and off. Ah, I can't believe this happened to you. Why didn't you tell me? I've been to America. I used to get my cars from America. I could have taken care of you. Why wouldn't she have told me about you? Blah, 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 blah. Um, Oh, that's a lot. Yes. Yes. And uh, yeah. And in 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, this guy's a sociopath. (laughs) Oh, right. He's and Lynn was absolutely right. That he is completely doesn't take responsibility for anything. It sure. doesn't, wouldn't know a lie if it bit him in the ass. Just says I mean, anything. Know the truth if it bit right, him in the right. Ass. Just, Just says, says anything, anything to, and yeah. everything. Right. Yes. That sounds good yes. in the moment. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So I started to have this sinking feeling. Oh. Like, oh no, Julie. I'm not going to get any information from him, am I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and he just kept saying, and he said, you know, that day, that day when, you know, when I, last time I saw your mother, I'm like, well, what happened? What are you talking about? And he, and he told me some story about he was walking down the street and he just had this new pair of trousers on to go to a dance. And he saw her walking towards him and she was wearing flat shoes and she saw him and then started crying and ran right past him. And that was the last time he saw her. Okay. And that's, Lynn never said that. Right. <laughs> Anything not like any that. version of the events yes. that you go. Right. So I, uh. So I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Um, And then, so he just kept talking and talking and talking. Maybe 15 minutes in, I realized he had not asked me a single Mm -hmm. question about myself. And I said, so. He was like, another opportunity for someone to look upon me. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, um, finally, uh, about 15 minutes in, I said, so, do you have any questions for me? (laughs) And he said, yes, when are you coming to visit me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I said, well, um, I don't know you, so, you know, we have... And he goes, oh, you want to come see your dad, don't you? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. A, you are not my dad. Right. (laughs) I have a dad. Um, So, and then, so he just goes on, and he never asked me about my children, never asked me what I did for a living, never asked me how I got here, never... And how was your life? Yes. Yeah. Didn't Nothing. just went on and on and on. Um, started dropping in. This is another sociopath mm-hmm. thing. Started dropping in names of celebrities. Yeah. That were somehow connected to him. Yeah. And uh, you, you know this, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, and I, and I will call people out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't, I can't say anything because he won't talk to me and I want him to talk to me. I want information. Right. right. So uh, I talked for maybe 45 minutes Ugh. and I was like, okay, well, let's talk in a few days and blah, 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 blah. And I hung up and... I feel heavy about that. Like, I feel like a I weight of having to listen to him for 45 minutes. It was like torture. Oh, it yeah. was torture. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I Which went... Which is also a sociopath sign, by the way. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I've had a few in my mm-hmm. life. Um, so I go back and my, my husband and daughter are in the back in his office. And they're like, how was that? I'm like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know how to feel right now. I mean... I've done it mm-hmm. and you know, I, I guess, I guess, you know, I, 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 I don't believe him. Right. <laughs> I don't feel, and my, I, my brother was a sociopath or is a sociopath. And so I know a sociopath and I know that you're not going to get anywhere with them right. ever, ever. So that was a bummer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I had siblings 
right and family that I could because I'm, I'm already a genealogist so I can finally find out about my family and mm-hmm. do all the research and stuff like that blah 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 um contacted I feel like this is so so long-winded right now um I know I'm on the edge of my seat oh, okay. I'm literally okay. like the chair I'm like sitting here well, okay like- so on my podcast I tell a chapter a week right okay so and right now I'm basically telling the right. whole You're story doing the whole thing yes. yeah so I uh, well, contacted you have got my attention. My yes. <laughs> yeah. So I contacted my sister uh-huh. on Facebook. Um, and uh, finally, she like responded like, um, hi. And I was like, hi, how are you? She goes, good. How are you? And I'm like, do you know who I am? And she said, I don't think so. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you do? You She's know, like, I'm just being friendly. <laughs> no, no. She said she had she said, well. My father was just here, which is mm. very unusual. Oh, okay. And he said, I have another sister. Mm-hmm. And I said, I know I have another sister. Her name is whatever the her name sister. is. And mm-hmm. he said, no, no. <laughs> There's another sister and her name is this. Yeah. So she knew that that's who I was. But but then, and I said, what, is that all he told you? What, he didn't tell you anything else? He said, my father talks in circles. Uh-huh. Oh, Wow. That must have felt validating. Oh, so validating. And relieving, yeah. And, you know, so we, we talked a little bit back and forth. And finally, I said, um, what's his deal? Mm-hmm. Tell me about him. And uh, she's like, can, can we talk on the phone? And I'm like, yep, I'll go home right now and call mm-hmm. you. So I call her, we're talking. And finally, I and said. The, they're, they're all in Australia. They're in Australia. Okay. Yeah. Um, and finally, I said, He's a pathological liar, isn't he? And she said, I'm so glad you said Oh, that. yeah. She said, no, he is estranged from everybody in the family mm-hmm. because he cannot tell the truth. He's abandoned everybody in the family and blah, blah, blah. I said, I knew it. I knew it. I could tell immediately, first five minutes of talking to him. So I had an uphill battle. Wow. It's like you're, you have a superpower. But yeah. It, it, but it, it came from knowing other people like yes, this. Yes, exactly. So it's like, a, oh, I, exactly. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, no. but I'm so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Impressed. Um, so I, uh, so there you go. I found, I found him. I spoke to him a few more times. He still talked in circles, still wanted me to come visit him, stay at his house. I was not going to stay at his house. Um, but in the meantime, I had connected with my sister, my one sister, and we got along great. And she actually came here and hmm. we visited. She and her fiance, and it was really cool. Then I. Uh, December, I d- was going to go to Australia and visit everybody. And by this time, I'd done the genealogy for the whole family. I right. found all these family secrets that I was going to tell everybody. And um, and I was going to meet him. I didn't really want to, but I wanted to get his DNA. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, I was, yeah, 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 yeah. Like a completion. Yes. Like a, yes. you said earlier, you're a completist yes, or a completer. I'm a completist. <laughs> yes. like, yeah. So yep. I go there and um, I plan a two-week trip and I fly in uh I go see my mother first she's fine with me uh-huh, you know uh-huh. finding him she's like you know no big deal um then I fly to Adelaide my sister picks me up I go to a little family event blah blah blah. then she and I go to his house uh-huh oh god it was uncomfortable it was oh, so wow. weird and she kept here's the thing she is his favorite but because she's the only one who'll still take his crap Ah, okay. So she still talks to him occasionally, but the others don't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but she kept following us around the house 
and he was uncomfortable with her being there because he couldn't tell his lies. Right. Oh. Because he had told me things that were different than what he'd ever told oh, her. And so he had oh, to keep his oh, lies straight. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and she thought it was hilarious right. that we kept, like, going from room to room to room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of funny. I yeah. mean, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny. lot. There's just a lot happening. Yes, so much. Um, so I was there for, we were there for about two and a half hours, and I said, do not leave without me. Yeah. And uh, he gave me a bunch of photo albums, and, you know, we talked, and, you know, it was all very surface, and not really, I couldn't really get to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was great that he gave me pictures, and I was able to look at his albums, and he's like, I don't know who that is, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's Aunt Lily. <laughs> Because I work, know. Right. You can yeah. work together to fill yeah. in the blanks. Yep. Um, and then we were done. Mm-hmm. And we left. And I had such a headache and so much relief. Yeah. <laughs> that I it was done and I didn't have to ever see him again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so like, ugh. Uh, yeah. It and was, did he give you DNA? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Before he left, he did give me DNA. I sat there and watched him do it. Okay. Spit um, into the tube like I just did? It, yes. Okay. Just like that. I've watched a lot of people do it now. Mm-hmm. And um, did it. Mm-hmm. Boom. We're done. Next day, my one of my best friends from childhood flies into Adelaide. We rent a car. We do a road trip back to Victoria. Fun. On the way, it was great. On the way, we stopped at four different relatives' houses uh, and... And had little mini reunions, mm-hmm. like my grandmother's last living sister. Oh wow! Um, and uh, the the uh, the woman who had helped me, who I'd spoken to first, and her brothers and sisters, and um, it's like a history two tour. people in Melbourne. Yeah, it or was something. awesome. Yeah. It was great, and it was so cool and so gratifying, and so and I was exhausted, and it was done, and I came home. Mm-hmm. And I sent the DNA in New Year's Eve of 2014. The results come back. He's not my dad. Yeah, my face is. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing that. <laughs> yeah, oh, not my dad. Oh, not my oh, dad. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lynette. <laughs> okay. So. And I did this thing where this is the first time I just started doing DNA. And um, I was like, oh, this must be a mistake. This must happen all the time. Mm -hmm. They just got his vial confused. And there's somebody else with DNA. Somewhere on the line, there's a human. Like there must be human error somewhere. Yeah, there has to be. So I, of course, go in the message boards. I was on the the 23andMe message Mm -hmm. boards Mm -hmm. always, just on all of them. And uh, because people have been following my story. And I said, hey, um, <laughs> oh, no. how many of you have this happened to? <laughs> and people, and I expect people to say, oh, yeah, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It happened to me. And people just kept saying, I'm so sorry you had to find out this yeah. way. I'm yeah. so sorry. Yep. And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> but wait, no, I'm different. But what if it's yes. a mistake? Right. Yeah. Um, and it was a Friday. And so I couldn't get through to anybody at 23andMe. I spent that whole weekend trying to make sense of it and trying to. I call Lynn. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, um, if you're not by yourself uh, right now, why don't you take a walk around the block so we can talk in private? So she did. because That's nice of you. Yeah, I didn't know if it was, you know, an mm-hmm. error um, or a secret. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, weird thing. Um, Malcolm's DNA came back, not my dad. 
And she said, oh, that is weird. Uh-huh. That casually. Yeah. Okay. And I said, that's all you got? I mean, right. it's, are you sure it was him? She's like, oh, absolutely. And I'm like, but it doesn't, I, I called the company and they said, N- we don't make these mistakes. We're sending, they're sending another test, but it, uh, you know, they, it's, they said it's never happened before. And, but a lot of people discover that what they thought wasn't so with these tests. hmm And she said, well, and I said, look, Lynn, there's no judgment. Real talk, Lynn. Yes. And she kept saying, well, you know, I told you I wasn't, I didn't drink. I didn't do any of that stuff. I wasn't loose. I wasn't promiscuous. (laughs) So her whole thing was about she didn't want to be perceived as promiscuous. Totally. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just, you need to get over that. Yeah. We've all been there, (laughs) you know. Um, She stuck to her guns. Wow. And I said, well, I guess it must be John then. Her husband. Her, yeah, that was my next guess. Yeah. And she said, well, I was already pregnant when I met him. I said, well, maybe you had a miscarriage and got pregnant again. Yeah. And maybe the dates were off. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sending you a test. And suddenly it made sense because, by the way, I'm 5'4". Lynn is 5'9". Mm-hmm. Malcolm's 6 foot. Uh-huh. John's 5'6". Okay. 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wait right. a minute. <laughs> So I sent them the test thinking, well, that must be it. And came back, nope. Hmm. Not him. Uh, I grilled her over and over. And I just kept, like, I would talk to her until she didn't want to talk about it right. anymore and couldn't. And I was like, just tell me, just, you know. She started giving me hints. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Not so much hints, but I thought they were hints. And mm-hmm. she would just mention, like, guys that she had dated. And he was like, I didn't sleep with him, but blah, 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 blah. So... Any guy that she said she dated or been around, right. I literally hunted down their families right. and had them take DNA tests. I did it three times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. None of them. My None father, of them. By the way. All right. So there you go. That's, um, and that's that. And I didn't, uh, nothing happened. I knew I had to wait until uh, a closer match came in. Yeah. Finally. A closer match came in. Oh, good. Okay. I was like, <laughs> please don't. Just that's it. You're like, please and here we are. Just still end. waiting. Okay. Yes. So closer match came in. Clouds opened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, by now, I'd, I'd been studying a lot on genetic genealogy. I was on all the Facebook groups. And so I knew what I was going to have to do. I'd spoken personally to Cece Moore, who said, I will help you as soon as you get a close enough match. And, you know, she'd, she'd read my blog and was into it. And... um so this new match comes in and I go on to DNA detectives and said, you guys, I have this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Cece wasn't around, so she couldn't, uh, you know. Right. So, um, but there was a, a DNA detective, a search angel in Australia, in my hometown, that said, hey, I'll help you. And so she helped me build what was then called a mirror tree. And we looked at all my, and she told me exactly what to do. And I basically learned how to do what I do now from this one, from doing my own uh-huh. thing, from her teaching me. That's cool. Yeah. And, um, did this whole tree of this kid. He turns out he's my first cousin once removed. Okay. And, uh, built the whole tree up, was concentrating on one side cause they were from my, from Melbourne and the other side was from New South Wales. Well, I got to a certain point where I realized, oh, it's not that side, it's mm-hmm. this side. Uh-huh. So I started working there. And um, in the meantime, I'd been like looking at his Facebook page and looking at all people who could be relatives of him and trying to find. 
uh, we finally get down to the Fisher line. And his grandmother must be my aunt, which okay. means one of her brothers is my father. Right. I'm following. Okay. Only two of them were living when I was born. Okay. And only one of them is living now. Mm-hmm. And the other one, they don't know where he is. Oh. Um, but the one that's not living, he is on Facebook. I mean, his son is on, sorry, one of his, <laughs> that's weird. Like, he's a ghost. From, like from beyond. Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if they could do that? Yeah. Um, so I reach out to Rob and it's funny cause I'd seen his page mm-hmm. and I'd gone back to it a few times and there was something about him mm-hmm. that I was like. I could be related to this kid. Yeah. And the way he talked, the way he wrote, the way he talked about his family, his pictures, I just felt connected. I don't even know how else to explain it. But I was like, yeah, he's like me. Mm-hmm. Um, felt right. Yeah. So I reached out to him, told him the whole story. And he was like, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> And I told him the whole thing. And I sent him to the blog. And I'm basically like, and your dad could be my dad. Right. And he's like, well, I guess there's only one way to find out. Right. So he took a test. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we waited. Oh, my God. <laughs> However many weeks. Finally came back. He's my half-brother. I know my Wow. So his father was my father. And the other, because it was out of him and the other brother. Right, 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 right. Um, We couldn't find any of the other brother's relatives. And his match for a half-sibling was kind of on the low end. So for a while, we were like, what if he, what if he's an outlier this way? What if he's a first cousin? It was like a few weeks later, another first cousin, one of Max's sons had tested and he came back as a first cousin. So finally, it okay. was like, you had a we're done. Measurement. Yes. So now I know who my father was for sure. Rob's dad. Rob's dad. Okay. Clive Fisher. Clive. Clive. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, and he passed away 10 years ago now. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, the good thing is that he was a letter writer. Oh. And, and I was too. My cousins have all these books that my grandfather had kept in which he transcribed all of the letters from his kids to him over the years. Oh, my God. And for a while, they would they would take a picture of one letter and send it to me so I could mm-hmm. read it. Oh, my gosh. And I have all of this information about my dad. He writes like me. He talks like me. He has my sense of humor. He has that stream of consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, when he's writing like, la, 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 la. Oh, my gosh. I just got back. There was an accident outside. And this right, co- you know what right. I mean? Um, it was incredible. Just wow, to, like, that sounds... to see who he is. I'm like, I, I, know, I know him better than I know my mother mm-hmm. because he was descriptive. Right. And um, one weird thing about this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going, it's, it starts in like 1962 and goes right up to, I get up to like February of 1964 and nope of nine, uh, August, I think of 19, nope. <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't matter. No, April, yeah. April of 1964, something like that. I'm like, I'm about to be conceived. I know I was conceived in July or August of 64. And 
I'm waiting. So you're just. <laughs> I'm waiting. Like pins and needles. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what? He's going to talk about my mother. He's going to. And the next one I get is October of 1964. Oh. He's on a boat to England. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's on a boat to England. Going, he's going to meet his pen pal who'd send him a bikini picture. Oh. And he decided he wanted to go to England and meet her. And so he got on a boat and was in England. Then I read all these letters from when he was in England talking right. about, and then fought, he ran out of money or something. Uh-huh. Got on a boat, came back, landed in Sydney on the day I was born. No, he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. Mm-hmm. April 7th, he landed in Sydney and... And he'd met some girl on the boat. And so they were like doing a road trip back to Melbourne. Sounds like young yeah, people. He was, Sounds uh, like yes. young. <laughs> he, he very much liked the ladies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he so often did. Yes. Do. Yes. Did and do. Yes. Indeed. So I. Uh, and then it cut off for a few more months. And then the, it started up again. And he had just gotten married. And. Uh, Elvie, his wife, uh-huh. his new wife, was pregnant with their first daughter, who is 11 months younger than me. Oh, my gosh. So he had met her after he got back to Australia. Yeah. She'd gotten pregnant right away. Yeah, back to back. And, okay. Yeah, and, and they got married, and then and the rest is history. Wow. And two ships that pass in the night. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have a cousin that um, she always says – things like a little bit wrong and she <laughs> my mother-in-law does that too and she always says oh we were just like ships in the sea and when you said that I always want to say that like right before you said it I wanted to say you were like ships in, in the, the sea. sea I love that my mother-in-law does the same yeah, thing I love it she's like she told me um one time I went to her house and I said where is so-and-so and she said oh she's at a 401k yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Do you mean a five k?" Just like one k. Yes. And um, where is this, uh, Barbara? It's in placenta. <laughs> Surely you mean placenta? <laughs> Just a little bit off. Just a little bit. It makes like, me I laugh. Know what you mean? Six of one, a dozen of the other. Right. Right. Totally. <laughs> That's a good one. Wow, what a story! Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep. My throat hurts now. Huh. <laughs> so, so that. That is really interesting. What's what's so interesting is the feeling of it all making sense upon finding Clive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just how much of the mm-hmm. the 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 connection resonated, or well, or like yes. was like you had like a visceral yes. Well, when I met like Rob, just Rob was like mm-hmm. he looked Italian to me at first, which mm-hmm. doesn't really track. But now I'll show you. I'll show you pictures. Um, now he just looks like me and my father um but yeah it's like lynn lynn is not is just not very forthcoming with Uh conversation did she ever has she ever said okay you're right when i got down to them i said okay uh what can you tell me about clive and max fisher the fisher boys and she said never heard of him and i sent a picture never seen him the day that, oh, this is good. The day that um, 
it was confirmed mm-hmm. that he was my father. I put a picture and I said, this is my father, la, 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 la. People were like, oh, congratulations. For some reason, she felt like she needed to come on and say, I'm sorry, I don't remember this man. <laughs> and I was like, you don't need to say anything. Like, I don't, right, I'm not right. trying to out you. So don't out yourself. <laughs> not, not remembering is not, doesn't necessarily yeah, mean anything. Also. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, my also my my half sister on on her side got on and said something horrible. Oh no! And my and Rob saw it before I could delete it. Oh, and I was like, you can't be here anymore. This stuff, and, yeah. uh, this stuff brings yep. brings sides out in yes. people that are just yes. um, you just well, and you know she was accusing. Here's the thing: I can't c- accuse him of anything because she doesn't even remember him, right? And she doesn't seem to have amnesia and you know and he doesn't seem like there's just a void that would yeah Mm -hmm. so i i'm not about to to think that anything untoward happened um all i know is that i've read his letters and he seems like a great guy Mm -hmm. so what can i do and he was an honorable guy right because obviously somebody somebody else got knocked up and right but, yeah, there's I'll, just so many questions you will never have the answers that to. I will never have the answers to. And like I said before, I, I forgive her I, mm-hmm, whatever she's mm-hmm, going through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe one day she'll or maybe she'll have an epiphany or maybe it literally is a, a mental block. Right. Yeah. I you know, who am I to say? I don't know. I don't know. And wow. I, and I never will unless somebody finds those letters. Right. The missing. Isn't that weird? Right. Like, really? He just didn't write on those days? I almost feel like somebody said, ooh, this is a little, you know, let's just kind of keep this here and just. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, why? Why would he just stop writing for six months? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it seems like from the time he may have met her until he left the country and then it came back. Yep. That's really weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's totally like in the movies when they go and you find they finally find the book they need, but then those pages are ripped out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Hmm. Story of my life, man. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, yeah. So then I became a, gen- a genetic genealogist and a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> amazing. So now you help other people. Now I help others. And um, and you have this amazing podcast. And I have this podcast. Thank you for calling it amazing. <laughs> it's totally amazing. Um, here's my question. Yes, because you 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 said a search angel. Yes. Okay. So here's the things that I just don't know. Yep. Uh, maybe everybody else knows, and I'm the idiot here. But um, <laughs> what is the difference between a Gen Genie mm-hmm. and a search angel? Um, a search angel is a Gen Genie who searches for free. Okay. Basically, a search angel, and there, I was a search angel for a while, Mm -hmm. um, and I still do some pro bono work. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But there are like people who are just either don't want to do it professionally or, and just like enjoy help, which I love helping people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got to a point uh, where I I really needed to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had to, you know, that's how the podcast came about. And then the podcast doesn't make any money. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, Do you know so about then, that? Do you know the podcast yes, don't make money? Did you guys know that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Go to our patrons. <laughs> oh, I need to talk to you about that. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So that's the difference. And I, I was a search angel for a while. Um, I got approached by a PI 
oh, um, okay. who one of his side companies is a uh, fine. And actually, I had, I had just I found him on Instagram, and I saw what the name of the company, and I was like, hmm. So I just I'd had a glass of wine, and I just <laughs> said, I said, hey, do you guys need a genetic genealogist? Right. And he called me a couple days later. He's like, as a matter of fact, we do. And uh, the rest is history. Yes. Like, and I'm, I, I will say that for a short amount of time that I have been doing it, I am damn good. Yeah. At, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at doing this because it just, it clicks with it me. It makes perfect sense in yeah. your mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. My next question is. Yes. Is there a certification or a program or a test or a quiz or a certificate you get to be a genealogist um there is a to be a genealogist to belong to the the i don't know what it's called something the national i don't know what it's called because i'm not a part of it the genealogy okay um but yes there are genealogy standards got it okay that are set by uh genealogists Mm -hmm. um and, but as far as genetic genealogy, no. If you do genealogy and you use DNA for your genealogy, you're a genetic genealogist. There's okay. no, you, can, you can't be a certified gene, genetic genealogist. You can't. And um, it, it was interesting when I first started doing it professionally, mm-hmm. uh, a couple people came at me mm-hmm. from the community mm-hmm. um, that have been doing it a long time. Right. And... Uh, they decided to have the judgment that I was way too new at this to be doing it professionally. Oh. Yeah. And okay. they really, and it kind of, I just said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it was actually the podcast that was making, that they didn't like. Right. Because they didn't listen to it themselves, mm-hmm. but they thought that I was saying, hey, I'm a scientist. Right. Here's what we do. If you listen to the podcast in the very first episode, I'm like, saying. hey, I'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. I learned how to do this. I'm going to talk to you about this in layman's terms. Right. And it's going to be much more interesting yeah. for most of you yeah, yeah, <laughs> than yeah, the other yeah. ones, which is why Thank I God did this. It's not a science podcast. Yes, I mean, exactly. For me. Right. And most of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I get some things wrong, let me know. I'm right, trying right. not to. Um, I'll ask experts if you ask me questions that stump me, which happens. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not going to lie. But guess what? I am I have this platform and I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know. It's a whole knowledge set. It is. That is really. It is. Special. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Cool. It's fun and time consuming and all encompassing and all of the above. Um, but it's gotten me through a lot of hard times mm-hmm. too. It's just been as a person helping other people or for yourself for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, um, I won't get into it, but I had a really traumatic experience in the last, last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a something, um, really awful happened. Oh, yeah. Um, and that, that coincided with while this was happening and also became about that, I can't be specific yeah, about no, that's it because okay. it's a, um, but it uh, rocked my world mm-hmm. and turned my life upside down mm-hmm. and to a point where I had to make lemonade and I had to occupy my mind mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Yeah. And I I believe that I would not ha- certainly have the podcast 
if I if I if this hadn't happened to me because I just needed an outlet. I needed to focus on something else to make my mind stop. So yeah. 100%. I yeah. believe it. Yeah. No, I uh, I just talked about that in in a previous episode about um there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of new studies about trauma mm-hmm. and and the way our brain processes it mm-hmm. and the way that we can heal from it and so much of it is about um giving our brains data to process. Yes. To heal yes. the emotions of trauma and so um it makes oh, sense to me that you would turn to to data. Yes. And organizing. Yes. Um, well, it's, and it as takes as a, my whole mind because right, I'm very ADD, and so I really have to focus mm-hmm. to to do this, and it just makes life so much easier. You can just immerse yourself in it. I can immerse myself be, in it. The, and be there and be the in The problem is that I, I'm a little too disconnected from my family sometimes mm-hmm. because I'm so into this, and I don't want to be distracted. Let it go. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's been a lifesaver. Yeah. And from and I'm I'm pretty sure I have PTSD. You would probably know more than me. Um and I'll tell you about it when we're uh-huh, not on the air. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um no, I believe you. I uh I believe you and I believe that the data organizing is healing. I I'm really Yeah, I think the so more too. that actually it's great. It's great that that we're talking about this now cuz um because that further sort of validates my theories about that and about mm-hmm. genealogy and why we're into it. Yeah. Um, so one thing we didn't say um, on this episode, because we talked about it on your episode on your podcast yes. called Cut Off Jeans, yes. is that I just did my first uh, mail-in commercial test, my 23andMe test. I just did it here with Julie at her house. In my dining room. In the dining room. <laughs> I scraped my cheeks and uh, spit and spit and spit into a tube. How's that mini screwdriver doing there, by the and- way? <laughs> <laughs> it is great. We used it to open the box. It's a good thing to hold. I guess I, I'm, I have like a, a fidgety, uh, a good fidget, fidget. What are those things called? Fidget, fidget toys. Fidget budgets or fidget. something. Um, so yeah, so so that's great. So we're going to meet again mm-hmm. and and I'm going to go to Ancestry.com as well. And we're going to um, kind of go on a, a journey together or yeah. uh, like a project together. Um so I'm really excited mm-hmm. that we finally got to connect That'll so that fun. we can start doing that. And uh, yeah, this is just so cool. Yeah. This is just so cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, I guess I'll just say, I'll say goodbye to my listeners. Bye, everybody. We're going to turn it off. Goodbye, listeners. And uh, oh, and just and go listen to Cut Off Jeans if you haven't. Listen to Cut Off Jeans. You can find it anywhere you find your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter at Cutoff Jeans Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Jules Jackson. Uh, yeah, at Jules Jackson with two O's. And there's a Facebook group called Cutoff Jeans Podcast. Um, it's a secret private group so that people can speak openly, uh, ask to join and answer a question. And Bob's your uncle. There ah, you that was so good. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you, Julie Dixon Jackson. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Man, I want to thank Julie Dixon Jackson one more time for having me in her home and for um, sharing her story with me and for being so welcoming in general. Um, I feel like a real rookie on the scene and she was so hospitable and kind and easy to be with and we had a really nice time recording and she was generous with her time and then was generous to offer more time in the future to go over the results of my DNA test. Um, 
So I want to talk about that. If you have been following along, you know that I don't share much of my own story here at Everything's Relative. Um, But I think you know that I have not done a commercial mail-in kit before. My DNA test experience was with a um, like forensic paternity test. It was just to test paternity. Um, so I've said it a few times, but I felt like it was important for me to do a test so I could understand better what so many of my guests are describing. Um, and I recently sort of realized about myself that I was avoiding doing it, just mindlessly procrastinating and saying I was going to do it without really committing to the act. And then I contacted Julie about doing a podcast together. And then the day was suddenly here and I was out of time and I ran into the drugstore and bought this test for myself. And I felt really weird. I felt uncomfortable. Um, Like I was stepping into a world um, that I can't ever come back from um, or taking on knowledge I can't unlearn. And most of all, um, I just want to talk about, um, I felt like I was breaking some kind of rule in my family. Like doing this was betraying my parents um, or like stepping further into this place that they would just really rather I not venture. But being with Julie wasn't uncomfortable. Um, I was sort of like swept up in the moment. It was sort of, it was fun and exciting to be with her and I was nervous. And then the next thing I know, um, I'm telling her like really intimate details of my story. (laughs) Like I just sort of like barfed it all out on her podcast. Um, And later she gave me the option, of course, to edit it out or take stuff out. And I thought about it and I decided um, that wasn't really fair. And, And like all these people come to me to tell their stories and they trust me and you with all this information and it's imperfect and messy and vulnerable and my story is too um I wish that I had worded it differently and I wish I had said it better and nicer and I had been funnier um but that is like life right like wishing it was perfect and discovering it's not and deciding to to learn about and like sort of be in the mess so those are the things I wanted to say about her episode that um, I had to say on this episode because I'm not allowed to have an intro on her episode. You get it. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- those are the things I want y- you to know about me <laughs> about that episode. Um, it's it's vulnerable having it out there. Um, so go over there and uh, go listen to Cut Off Jeans episode 79 with Julie Dixon Jackson. Uh, if you want to to know a little bit more about me and the mess I'm in. Um, And whether you do or not, this is our last episode of season one. Thank you so much for all of your support thus far. Uh, I just really couldn't have done this without the help of so many people and without so much support and kind words. And please know that I'm still here if you want to contact me, eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. I'm also on Instagram at everythingsrelativepodcast, and we're on Facebook at everythingsrelativepodcast. If you want to contact me at any time, 
Uh, and uh, I'll be back after the holidays. And in, I just like wish everybody a great end of the year. And uh, I will see you next year. Bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve Sturgis is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, but the conversations she has on the podcast are not therapy sessions. Logo design by Ivy McNally and music used with permission by Goodbye the Band.